You're listening to a sermon from Leewood Baptist Church. For more information about us, visit our website at leewoodbaptist.com. So if you have a Bible this morning, turn with me to Matthew chapter 5. If you don't have a Bible with you, that's okay. There's a Bible there in the pew in front of you. If you don't own a Bible and you would like one, that is our church's gift to you. We just Those Bibles are meant to be given out, and we can get more, and we have more, so feel free to take those with you. Last week, we started in verses 1 through 8, the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes, and Jesus began to show the Beatitudes really are a mirror to show us what a true follower of Jesus Christ looks like. How do we live our lives? That once we've received the gospel and we believe in Jesus, what does that look like in everyday life? And so we're looking at that, and Jesus started out in verse 3. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. We talked about that. That poor in spirit is that, that understanding that we as believers, we understand that we are all spiritually bankrupt apart from God. That there's nothing good about us, but that we are spiritually bankrupt. Jesus said in verse 4, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. And so we talked about that. Those who mourn because of economic injustice or personal sorrow, they have God's ear. That when we sorrow and we grieve, we have God's ear. And we looked at some examples of that throughout Scripture. Verse 5, Jesus said, Blessed are the humble or meek, for they will inherit the earth. And so we saw and talked about that those who've been saved by faith alone in Jesus Christ, we're going to be the most meek people on the planet because we didn't do anything for our salvation. We did nothing to earn our salvation. It was completely the work of Christ. And so that's going to bring on a humbleness, a meekness about us. Verse 6, Jesus said, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. What this means is for those who crave the things of God or honestly crave God, that we will be filled. Verse 7, Jesus said, Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. When we talk about mercy, we're talking about exhibiting compassion for the unfortunate as an ethical act of worship. And then verse 8, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. And we saw that those that are honest, sincere, and live a life of integrity, truly live a life of worship and experiencing God. So this week, we're going to see the rest of the Beatitudes and then what Jesus talked about how the world will notice us because of the way we live our lives. So look at verse 9 with me, and that's where we'll start for today. It says this, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. You are blessed when they insult you and persecute you and falsely say every kind of evil against you because of me. Be glad and rejoice because your reward is great in heaven, for that is how they persecuted the prophets who were before you. 
So Jesus starts out here in verse 9, blessed are the peacemakers. Remember, Jesus has called the disciples around him there on that mountain. There was those that were there hearing him teach. And so Jesus is making these blessed statements. Now remember how we defined blessed, blessed last week. Blessed does not mean that if you have these qualities of life that God will bless you in some kind of way. Maybe that's financially with wealth or any other way that God could bless us because if we're not careful, we can be swimming in the waters of the prosperity gospel. So Jesus is not saying you will be blessed if you are this. No, blessed means having joy that only comes from a relationship with God. And so that, that this word blessed means that no matter what's happening in our life, that we don't find our joy in our circumstances, but we find our joy in who God is. That even when we're grieving and sorrowing, like we talked like last week, that we are still blessed during those times of mourning, even during those times of, of, uh, being, of, of meekness and humbleness that we're supposed to have in our lives, that we are blessed, that we have joy that only comes through Christ. And so Jesus says, blessed are the peacemakers. Now, what is Jesus talking about? Those that are, ble- that are blessed, that they are peacemakers. Now, it'd be easy for us to talk about those that are just coming and are easy and have a good, easy time getting along with people. That's immediately what we think of when we think of peacemakers, right? We may think of peacemakers of someone that doesn't like conflict, and so they'll do everything they can do to avoid conflict. That's not what Jesus is talking about here. What Jesus is talking about, those that are peacemakers, they are the people that point people to point other people to God to find their ultimate peace. Because the reality is we all desire peace, whether it's world peace or individual peace. We all desire peace. And we can try to find peace in every area and category of our lives. And we may even be able to find temporary peace in every other area and circumstance in our life. But we will not find ultimate peace. And so the peacemakers that Jesus is talking about are those that point God to find, point to God so they can find their ultimate peace in God. Only peace, true peace can be found in God. Now, as individuals, as believers in Jesus Christ, we, yes, we are to have peace. We are to be peaceful people and get along well with people, but that's ultimately because we know our peace is found in God. So verse 9, Jesus says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Let's look at verse 10. Jesus said, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. You are blessed when they insult you and persecute you and falsely say every kind of evil against you because of me. Now, I said last week that the Beatitudes are very counterculture. When Jesus makes some of these statements, when we just look at some of our realities, we look at this and we think, this is ridiculous. Like if we had been there 2,000 years ago, sitting and hearing Jesus uh, uh, teach on this, I might have said, whoa, 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 time out, Jesus. You're saying I am blessed when someone insults me and persecutes me and say and lies about me 
because of every kind of, and that says everything falsely of every kind of evil against me because of you, I'm blessed because of that. You're crazy, man. Like I would, what would Jesus and I would have a little argument about that, but that's counterculture because the kingdom of God is not like culture. And so Jesus says, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. Blessed are you when they insult you and persecute you and say falsely, say every kind of evil against you because of me. There has been this idea that has recently crept into our flavor of Christianity in the last, I don't know, maybe the last hundred years. I'd have to study it maybe a little bit deeply, so I don't want to make any kind of false statements here. But there's been this new idea that's crept into the, especially the American church recently, that we are not going to be persecuted. Or that we shouldn't be persecuted. Or recently that we should be culturally accepted. Now, we have 2,000 years, we have two millenniums of history on our side, and the majority of time that when the church worships Jesus, that when the church serves Jesus, and then when the church shares Jesus, that there is persecution that happens. That is the norm throughout church history. So when we look at the American church and that the reality that we're really not persecuted we're doing something wrong. And in for the last century in the American church, we've had this idea that we don't deserve persecution. That we shouldn't be persecuted, that we should be culturally accepted. And we've done everything possible as the American church to avoid persecution whether that's campaigning and electing a, 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 a political officials that are promising the church that they'll stand by them for, and they will give them religious freedom. We support Supreme Court justices that say that we are going to be able to have the freedom of religion. And in our American history, we have put our faith and trust and ultimately our peace in the freedom of religion and not Christ. And that's not normal. If the church is supposed to be doing what the church is doing, a natural byproduct is persecution. So we have to ask ourselves as the American church, why have we worked so hard to avoid persecution? We pray God don't allow us to be persecuted. God protect us, protect our religious freedom. And so we make an idol of religious freedom. And you say, Adam, this is hard to hear. I know, I wrestle with this too. Because deep down, I don't want to be persecuted. I like life to be easy. 
And so for 2,000 years of our church history, we have had brothers and sisters that have been arrested, they've been killed, they've been fed to lions, sawed in two, boiled alive, put in prison, have had their things and possessions looted and stolen from them. They've had their houses burned to the ground. And this is a new idea in the American church that we must be accepted, that we must avoid persecution. No, when Jesus says, blessed, are those who are persecuted because of righteousness for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. You are blessed when they insult you and persecute you and falsely say every kind of evil against you because of me. And then Jesus says, verse 12, what does Jesus say? Be glad and rejoice Because your reward is great in heaven, for that is how they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So when we as the church shirk away and try to hide from persecution and do everything possible to avoid persecution, what we are doing is we are cheapening the gospel. We are making what Jesus did on the cross and his resurrection cheap. A friend of mine, I think I've told this story here before, a friend of mine I had in college, his name was George Tagley. George was an English major in college. Why anyone would major in English, I don't know. I think that might be a mental illness, perhaps. I don't know. I'm just kidding. Well, George was an English major. And for two summers, George, with a group of students from where I went to college, they went over to China to teach English in the universities. And they had the whole trip paid for, the Chinese government paid for it, because they wanted these college students to come and teach uh, English in their universities. And so they were going, and they were teaching business classes and English classes and literature, all in English, so these Chinese-speaking college students could learn English. And they would go there, and they would teach English to these students, and then invite them over for pizza afterwards where they were staying. And they would invite these students over. They paired up with some members of the underground church there in China, and they would have these worship services and Bible studies in the apartment. One college girl even came to know Christ, and they baptized her in her bathtub in, uh, in her apartment because you can't be baptized in public in China. So they baptized her in her uh, bathtub in her apartment there in China. And George actually said they didn't fill it up enough, so her face was out, so they had to sprinkle her. But they, they, they baptized her there, and, and, and she came to know Christ. And George was telling me that it was, he was talking to these Christian Chinese brothers and sisters that they told them that they pray for the American church to be persecuted. And George said, why would you pray for us to face persecution in the United States? He, and they said, because the United States brothers and sisters are soft. They're spoiled. And we fear that their faith may not even be real because their faith is easy. And so Chinese brothers and sisters are praying that we as the American church will face persecution. And you might say, what an awful thing for them to pray about. Absolutely not. This is a wonderful thing they're praying for us because I'll read it one more time. They want us to experience that blessed 
They want us to experience, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. For the kingdom of heaven is theirs. You are blessed when they insult you and persecute you and, and falsely say every kind of evil against you because of me. Be glad and rejoice because your reward is great in heaven. For that is how they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. Let's keep going. Look at verse 13. Jesus told his disciples, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt should lose its taste, how can it be salty? It's no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city situated on a hill cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket, but rather on a lampstand, and it gives light for all, those, for all who are in the house. In the same way, same way, let your light shine before others so they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Now, if one thing we know a lot about as Americans, we know a lot about salt, don't we? We know a lot about salt. You go to McDonald's right down here on state line after church, your fries are hopefully going to be salty because what good would those French fries be out? But you should throw those French fries out if there's no salt on them, right? We like salt. You have popcorn. What do you do? You put lots of butter and salt on it. If you eat vegetables, as I'm trying to do, what do we do? We put salt on it to cover up the taste. We like salt, but what does salt do? It adds flavor, it adds taste, it adds life. Well, here during this time period when Jesus was talking, salt wasn't just used to add flavor to something. It was also used as a preservative. It was substance to treat wine skin. It would be used to slow down fermentation and manure. If you were planting a garden as agriculture was huge in that day, you would put salt in the cow poo in the manure so it would be, could be used as fertilizer. It would last and on and on and on. They used salt all the time, not just the flavor of our food. They would salt meat to, add, uh, to, to keep their meat lasting long. And so Jesus gives an illustration here. He says, you are the salt of the earth, but if salt loses its taste, how can it be made salty? And so Jesus gives this ridiculous illustration to make a point. Here's his point. Salt can't lose its saltiness, or why? If it loses its saltiness, it's not salt anymore. That's his point. Salt is salt. It cannot be salt because it is salt. So here's the illustration. Jesus is teaching that as citizens of heaven, as followers of him, we are citizens of heaven. You and I are citizens of heaven. We may not be in heaven yet, but we are citizens of heaven. So Jesus is saying, you are either citizens of heaven or you're not. You are either citizens of the world or the citizens of heaven. It's not both and, it's either or. 
And so Jesus is saying, salt is salt. Salt is not salt if it's not saltiness. If, it's, if a piece of salt is not salty, it's just a rock. So here's the point that Jesus is making all throughout the Beatitudes. That as Christians, we should have a different perspective. Our perspective of life is totally different. We have a viewpoint different than the rest of the world and its culture. It's very, very different. Because how else could someone say, blessed are the poor in spirit? Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the humble or meek. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. It takes someone to have a completely different perspective of life to say these things. And so Jesus is saying, if you are my follower, if you are my child, if you are a citizen of my kingdom, the church, then you are going to have a complete different perspective on life. And then because of that perspective, because our heart has been changed by Jesus, then our actions will then follow. Because Jesus finally says, verse 14 and 15, you are the light of the world. A city situated on a hill cannot be hidden. Now in the gospel of John, Jesus is described as the light, but Jesus says, here, I am not the light. What does he say? You are the light. You are the one that is the shine in darkness. So you are the light of the world. A city situated on a hill cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket, but rather on a lampstand, and it gives light for all who are in the house. In the same way, with all these beatitudes we've seen the last two weeks, in the same way, let your light shine before others. Why are we supposed to live this way? Why are we supposed to have this perspective? It's not to make us look good, but what does it say? So that they, who's they? The world, the culture, so that they may see your good works and give glory to you? No, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. See, it's all about Him. And that's what changes our perspective, is Him. Jesus, through His work on the cross and His resurrection, changes our hearts changes our perspective to where we, in agreement with him, can say, blessed are the poor in spirit, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. 
Blessed are the humble, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. You are blessed when they insult you and persecute you and falsely say every kind of evil against you because of me. Be glad and rejoice because your reward is great in heaven, for that is how they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Pray with me. Jesus, we need you. We need you to change our hearts. We need you to change our perspective to where these blessed statements, to where we could have these and say we have them. It's nothing we can do, only you can do it. Jesus, help us to live in this way, not so that way we can show off spiritually, but so that way we can live this way, so we can point the world to you, that we can give you the glory, make you big, make you known, make you non-ignorable. Jesus, I pray you would make us the light of the world. Help us to be that salt Help us to make a spiritual difference in our world. God, help us not to be fearful of persecution. Oh God, we are so fearful of persecution. God, forgive us as the American church for making an idol out of our religious freedom. God, this is a hard prayer to pray, and God, there's even part of me that still holds back for even saying it. But God, I pray that you would do whatever it takes to make yourself known here in our community, in our country, and in the world, even if it's persecution. God, I thank you for the brothers and sisters in Christ for the last 2,000 years that have been persecuted and tortured and killed, and because of it, the gospel has spread. Lord, I pray if there's anyone here that does not know you, that they look in their life and they don't see these things exhibited, that Holy Spirit, that maybe you would show them that maybe they've gone, for, gone to church a long time, but they've never truly followed you. I pray, Holy Spirit, you would do that work in their lives. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you're in the Kansas City area, we'd love to have you be our guest. We're located at 8200 State Line Road in Leewood, Kansas. Worship services are on Sunday mornings at 1030. To learn more about us, visit our website at leewoodbaptist.com.